the blast from our past network. Folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. What are we? <laughs> I was like, are we doing a cold open, or are we just like starting? At what's happening? Oh no, I'm good. I'm awake. I'm here. I'm here. It's just been so like chill. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I have to talk. You do have to talk now. I do. It's imperative that I talk. But it. But I do want to talk about this story, Corey. Hey. Um. Because. <laughs> Uh, because every time people meet me and they get to know me, they're like, have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? I'm like, no. And they're like, you need to see it. You would love it. And this morning was the first time that I've ever seen it. And it was, it was fabulous. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so a little backstory on this episode. Uh, we were kind of, we were going to record something with Adam and then life, uh, he's actually super busy. Adam from the Blast from Our Past podcast, um, because he's working for like uh, the, I think the local government in, in LaGrange, Georgia. So with this, so anytime the government needs, he works for like the TV station. Um, and, uh, anytime the government needs to put out some sort of, you know, press release or something like Adam's working. So uh, oddly enough, he's actually more busy now than pre, you know, outbreak. So you and I, Tess and I kind of had to scramble to kind of come up with something else. And we were kind of like, oh, let's sit. What are we in the mood for? And then even you threw out, you were like, yeah, let's do something post-apocalyptic. And I was like, okay, okay, let me see what's uh, what's here on the old comicsology. And I stumbled across the, uh, I have the, the Vertigo four-part weirdly four-part issue prequel to the Mad Max Fury Road movie, and uh, you suggested that one. I didn't know at the time you had never seen Fury Road before, uh, so awesome. This is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I love Mad Max. It's one of my top five favorite franchises uh, since I was a kid, and Fury Road is my favorite Mad Max movie, so I cannot wait to go crazy on this episode. <laughs> but Tess, please, 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 I am dying to know, like, what were your thoughts on Fury Road? I know you just said you liked it but give me your thoughts on it well no i loved it i thought that furioso was awesome i feel like if it was if i was in that world and it would be post-apocalyptic it would be apocalyptic (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it is the apocalypse yeah they were current they were in it at that time and i really love movies like that where they're in the thick of it in the thick of the apocalypse it's like how are they going to survive i like you know like terminator because that's apocalyptic-esque well yes it is 100 percent and then I also love Waterworld, stuff like that. And so this okay. one was totally like, this was, I was like, oh, this has been on my radar for years. And you gave me an excuse to just watch it. Cause you did say, you were like, you don't have to, you can just read the comic books. You don't have to watch it. And I was like, nah, I feel like I need to watch it. And I, well, I, I didn't know you'd never seen it. So oh. I think I was implying like, <laughs> like we don't, you didn't have to rewatch it. I, I didn't know you had never seen it period. And like when it occurred to me, I think last night, I was literally, when I was like falling asleep, I go, I wonder if Tess has seen Fury Road. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like fell asleep. But yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. I feel like, um, I can't remember if I just said this, but I had it in my brain. Um, I feel like if I was in the apocalypse, just like that, that I would be Furiosa because I would like, or, or something just in, uh, to be a fraction of Furiosa is to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I like, I'm very motherly in that very like mother hen. That's like my natural go-to, especially with like all my girlfriends and stuff. Like they'll, they'll definitely say I'm the mom of the group and they love mm-hmm. it. And I definitely felt that with her. It's like mama warrior. Like we got to get everybody out. We got to get to the Oasis. And uh, no, it was great. My favorite part was when Max was like, okay, so we can go 160 miles into the salt lands and die, or we can go back and take over the Citadel, and what's the worst gonna happen is we're gonna die. Either way, we know we need to turn around. Oh my God, that movie is is so good. Um, before we go just crazy into it, what was, I assume you knew Mad Max like prior to that, knew of its existence as a movie. Did you have any experience with the first three movies, the Mel Gibson ones? I've seen, um, I think the 1979 one, the very first one, mm-hmm. a very long time ago. No idea, like, no idea. Like, I was, it was way before Mad Max Fury Road, and I don't even think I connected the two. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that that was it. And I, I I knew of it. I knew it was Mel Gibson's movies. Right. But then Fury Road, I knew it was Charlize Theron's movie. <laughs> and that's the that's the, kind of the cool thing is that Fury Road, it's not necessarily about Max himself, uh, Max Rokitansky. Yeah. But it is. Um, it's actually about Furioso and and the wives and and all them. And Max is just kind of a side character, which I thought worked very very well for the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's what uh, John Babe was saying. He was like, this may be called Mad Max, but this is Furiosa's movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely Furiosa's movie. And uh, it's the same director of every single one of them, George Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed all three of the first movies, and then he directed this one. He also directed Happy Feet, that CGI <laughs> penguin movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's he's also like, I'm going to try Miller's. something different. Um... <laughs> yeah. He's like, I do Mad Max, and then I do kids' movies. I, there's no in between for George no, Miller. No, extremes which is great. only. Yeah. And the cool part uh, was, I was looking and we read four of uh, the Mad Max comic books. I don't know how many there are in existence. No, it's just those four. Oh, okay. Which, okay, sorry. I have so many thoughts about this, which I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I do because I really did enjoy these. But he wrote, he helped write or wrote three out of the four of these. His name was on three out of four of them. I think, so here's the thing. I, I've seen elements, especially of the, so the four-part I- issues are weirdly sh- named and numbered. Mm-hmm. And you had a question about it this morning. You're like, why are they all is- like issue number one? And what it boils down to is it is four sort of, all right, it's three separate storylines. The Mad Max one is sort of a part one and part two. Mm-hmm. But then one issue is is uh, Nux's backstory and Morton Joe's backstory. Another issue is all all of, about Furiosa and uh, the wives, mm-hmm. and then the two other issues um, are basically just Mad Max uh, doing this little story thing uh, right before, basically before the movie takes place. And all of these things are are just ways to flesh out these characters prior to the movie, essentially. Um, although I think they do a good job of creating you know nice little fun little standalone stories, but these yeah. these four issues are really really meant to help just back up the movie and help flesh out the movie because the movie does not have like a lot of backstory happening which I credit the movie with doing such good world building that it didn't need to explain anything to you like like the fact that like they they yell witness me and stuff like that and and you're like you're like but what does that mean and it doesn't matter like you have to Mm -hmm. just figure it out in the movie but the cool thing is I always felt like the creator, George Miller, he knew what everything meant. If you notice, like, some of the different war boys have different color paint depending on what their job is. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't explain any of it. But yet you you figure that because the creator knows it, all the characters know what they mean. And thus the world is, you know, solid. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, mistakes in that world, even if you don't quite understand everything about it. But this right. comic does a great job of, of giving you that bit of backstory, but yet still not giving you everything because you still don't know, like, Furious's full story, mm-hmm. even with these comic books. And, or how she got her stuff. arm chopped off. We still yeah. don't know. <laughs> still don't know. And that's what's cool about it because it's like there's still a bunch of stuff there that's, you know, for you to sort of piece together and of course the the interest the interesting thing about the comic book is that it's bookended post the movie so if someone is telling a story that takes place after fury road but then all the stories in it are before fury road okay yeah and you know speaking of world building there's I, i i mean i'm starting to learn especially in the comic book world like how long and how much time and how much detail you really need to put into this world that you want to build. Like you do have to have a lot of love going into it. And you certainly do care about these characters that George Miller presents. But like you mentioned before, there's some things that they leave out and that's okay. It's like, um, like Star Wars, they take the time to really like dice everything up into teeny tiny pieces so that you understand everything. They don't really leave anything out. Um, throughout the entire series, like every single increment of the Star Wars world. Whereas this one, Mad Max, like you said, they kind of leave out some things, but those things, like we can just kind of round them off to what we think they are at the end and they're probably correct. It's like, 
Furiosa, her arm came off. Okay, we can just assume she was probably in these badass battle scenes like every other day and somehow it chopped off and you're just like, yeah, that seems likely. Like, I'm sure everybody else in their crew is missing a few fingers and toes too and we just, we don't need to know why. They just... or, or they're falling off from like the radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. First question for you. Um, wow, the, 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 the warlord leaders, they're freaking disgusting. Yeah. So did they have like leprosy? Like what was going on? The big giant elephant man? Oh yeah. The, 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 um, he's the, the human something, um, the human farm. Anyway, he's the, he's the guy who runs, well, one guy runs the bullet farm. The other guy runs the, like the, the fueling factory thing. I'm forgetting what it's called. Uh, that one guy's a big fat, gross guy with a thing on his nose. And yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, I think that there's levels of radiation essentially, um, uh, out there in the wasteland. Like everyone's got some kind of deformities and if you don't have a deformity you're pretty much you know a high commodity essentially breeding stock you know on both sides male and female you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you would be viewed as sort of breeding stock if you didn't have any sort of deformities whatsoever even even like nux is character i mean he's dying like most of these people especially the war boys they're dying so there's really no incentive for them to kind of survive and then you place this idea ideology of like if they die they kind of are brought back in in Valhalla. It's it's very like Norse mythology yeah. type of thing that that you can just but you can just tell that a Morton Joe just took some ideas that he you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, read in a book and said I'm just going to manipulate these kids and these people and stuff in order to to basically keep them in in check. You know, yeah. uh, real quick while we're talking about a Morton Joe, um, I I know you said you have not seen the original Mad Max in forever, uh, but the 1979 Mad Max the um the the villain in that is actually the same actor as a Morton Joe, <gasps> different character, but same actor. And they did it. What? George Miller did it just because he's like, I think he, you know, likes the guy, friends yeah. with the guy, know, known him forever, you know, give him, just give him some more work. But that's, he's the villain in the original Mad Max movie, just actor wise, like not that. character wise. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Um, and real quick, I should probably give you a little smidgen of a backstory here. So the original Mad Max, um, the, the end of the world does not come about because of like nuclear war. It comes about because of the lack of, of oil. So basically the earth dries up. Yeah. And, and you know, so everyone needs this oil and everything, uh, obviously for your cars and all this kind of stuff, but it's what the, you know, what the world runs on essentially. So, in the first Mad Max movie, the oil is basically what's drying up. In the second Mad Max movie, Road Warrior, oil is still the main com- com- mm. commodity and, and sort of an extension of the first movie. The third movie, um, Beyond Thunderdome, they they sort of retcon things a smidge because that movie came out mid 80s and the the climate at the time in the 80s Reaganomics uh, Cold War everyone was scared of the nuclear you know nuclear war and everything yeah. so so George Miller kind of retconned the history of Mad Max uh, for for Beyond Thunderdome to say that there was a nuclear war that kind of created the wasteland so he kind of you see what I'm saying he kind yeah. of shifted it a smidge um, and then Fury Road comes out and it's just the great thing about all three movies is that they're almost kind of standalone. They don't have to connect to one and one or the other. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just standalone stories about this, like you picture picture Mad Max as like a gunslinger in an old Western yeah, or a totally. samurai in a samurai film. Mad oh. Max falls under the same category as a samurai film or a gunslinger film, oh, yeah. which is he, he, he has no place in the world that he exists. He can cre- he can create change. Like this is like more of the archetype that he follows. He can create change in the world that he inhabits, but he cannot live within those changes. Like he has to sort of move on to the next thing, kind of right. go off into the sunset sort of thing. And I think that they just really <clears throat> nailed that with Fury Road, essentially. Oh yeah, especially at the end when he starts to leave. I asked John, babe, I was like, but where is he going? He's like, he doesn't belong to anyone or anywhere. He ha- That's like his own motto. He has to keep moving forward. 
Exactly. And his and when you also think about it under the, you know, the samurai or the gunslinger motif, uh, Max's car, the the last of the V8s, mm-hmm. the interceptor, is his like sword. It's it, it is his um horse. It's 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 an extension of him and it's the only thing that he's good at. That's that's also what sort of makes him like a samurai or a gunslinger. Those characters, those those um, archetypes, they're also only good at one thing. That's kind of why they can't exist in the world that they help create uh-huh. like they can't live in the village that they help save because they're they're they only know how to kill and eventually they're going to have to kill again because that's in their nature and mad max's nature is he drives he needs to drive all that being said i hate it when uh-huh. max's car is not featured and it's the only thing that i i want the one thing i hated about thunderdome is he doesn't have his interceptor in it at all really um and then in this movie his interceptor gets taken away and then it kind of gets modified and brought back at the end and then it gets destroyed. Like to me, I was thought that was a little bit of a, of an issue I had with it because Max is his interceptor. Mm. The interceptor is him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I know they're making a sequel to the movie. I would like to see it as like another standalone film, but I think it's going to be more of a Furiosa extension. I hope so. Um, but I hope I, but yeah. I want, but here's the thing. Like I actually really love this world. I feel like I like if, like I want to go watch the first three films because I want to know more. And it's like, yeah, we could have a Mad Max or a Furiosa film, but like I'm down for more, like both of those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I highly recommend watching all three of, of the movies, the Mad Max movies, mm-hmm. but none of them are like Fury Road. Like Fury Road is an achievement unlike we've ever seen in cinema before. It's it's amazing. The cinematography is unbelievable believable and and the the action is unreal it's just a it's a great movie but like i the only caveat i would say is do not like especially the first mad max movie is a bit slow in the middle Mm -hmm. because it's it deals a lot with uh max and his wife and his and and their their kid. kid yeah um yeah and it's like and like society hasn't really fallen just yet. It's like on the verge of falling. And then in Road Warrior, it's completely fallen. And like up until up before Fury Road, like Road Warrior is kind of like everyone's favorite. It's kind of the most fun, the most actiony, the most iconic. You've seen so many pictures from it, probably. Even if you don't realize it, you'll probably watch it and be like, oh, I recognize that, you know, because it was so influential at the time. Road Warrior, Mad Max 2, aka Mad Max 2 in uh, Australia. Um, it's called Mad Max 2, and, and here in the U.S., it's called Road Warrior because Mad Max 1 didn't come out in the theater here. Road Warrior came out in the theater here. Mad Max 1 kind of came out on VHS or, you know, kind of came out later. But Road Warrior came out first. That's why they didn't name it Mad Max 2 here. Oh, wow. Okay, so to wrap it back into the comic book. Yes, please, please No, do. no, it's all good. No, honestly, Corey, like, I want to go off and talk about this movie because it's, like, we could just do an episode just on this movie and probably, like, it, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's this episode. <laughs> I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, no, I'm so glad that I watched it. Woo. But, uh, no, to wrap it back into the comic books, so each, so I watched the movie first and then I read the comics immediately after and it made so much more sense. So glad that I did it in that order. Highly recommend yeah. if you haven't had any touch with the Mad Max world to do it in that order first, Fury Road, and then four of these issues, because these issues are from Fury Road. Each comic book deals with uh, three separate issues uh, where the last two that I read, they kind of connected and they both talked about Max. So the first one was talking about Immortal, Immorta, Joe. Uh, Immortan Joe, and how he became, like when he first started brainwashing people in the Citadel that he was a god and made himself seem as a god. Um, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And then they have Furiosa's story with the wives. And then the last two is Max and where he came from. And what I realized was one of those panels shows his wife and kid getting run over by yeah. a, like a like a gang of motorcycles. But then I watched the, I think it was the second or the first trailer. Cause I was, I didn't obviously didn't watch the first three. I just watched uh, Fury yeah. Road. But I did see like the the wife like holding the kid and being and falling yeah. down. These are exactly from the movie. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? It was the movies and then the comics. So 
Yeah, so so in the in the Mad Max um, issues, which I guess is technically like the third issue, uh, even though it says like number one on yeah. it, it, that was it was so weird. They're all one shots, but they name name them number one. Although I think the the Mad Max one is like number two, uh, but it was a very bad naming convention. But um, the in the in the Mad Max one at the beginning, there are those three separate sort of splash pages yes. that tell the tell the first three movies it's it's you if you look through them the first wide splash page is mad max mm-hmm. the second one's road warrior and the third one is uh beyond thunderdome okay and uh and basically that was a way of it retelling uh you know what happened and also kind of kind of giving it a timeline because if you watch the movies you don't get a sense of a timeline it's it's kind of almost dreamlike where like dream logic where you don't really know how much time has passed uh. between the movies and this did a good job of kind of showing you the first three films before Fury Road basically and yeah in the first movie his uh, wife and daughter get run down by a gang of bike uh, biker gang and then he basically goes and gets revenge on them with his car and everything and he's like an ex-cop and it wasn't as much like wasteland Landy mm-hmm. as, no, as you know ro- it was very yeah. pre-wasteland yes yes it was very is pre-wasteland because then then wrote and then basically at the end of the movie he kind of you know he's alone his wife and kid are dead and he it just says he drives off into the wastelands and then bada bing bada boom a couple years later road warrior comes out aka mad max 2 and the whole entire world is just wastelands or you know the world that you know is all wastelands and that's just that's what max is inhabiting at that point so yeah. and even road warrior you can watch road warrior completely watch it without watching mad max and you really won't miss anything uh i think all of them are very much standalone that's that's awesome i like it when there's it's kind of like uh friday the 13th they're all kind of standalone yeah 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 there's there's no real the only connective tissue between the friday 13th series really is just jason you know and and here it's pretty much just max and his car is the connective tissue um but yeah so so then Fury Road comes out, and man, oh man, oh man, it's spectacular. I saw it, I think I saw it four times uh, that opening week, um, and then... Wait, 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 what year? wait, I'm sorry, I, I zoned out for a microsecond. Which one, which movie are you talking about? Fury Road. Fury, oh, Fury Road, Fury okay, because I was going yeah, yeah. to ask you what you saw yeah. first, like... Oh. You know, did you see the 70s and the 80s? Yeah, okay. yeah. I I grew up, for me, Mad Max is one of my top five beloved franchises with Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Tron. Aliens. Um, Aliens and Mad Max. You know, that's my that's my beloved, you know, f- top five right there. So yeah. I have been a Mad Max fan my entire life. Um, I even wrote a fun little pitch script for a Mad Max uh, reboot. Uh, I, I called I called it the Last of the the V8s. That's what I called it. Oh, that's the, cool. Uh, like Last I, of the Mohicans, but like the. <laughs> well, it was well in in the first movie. So it, the one thing that I feel like I wish they would have zoned into George Miller in the first movie kind of built up Max's car as a bit like myth- mythical. Okay. Uh, it's it's the last of the V8s, and you got the in- impression in the comic he's hunting down that that engine. Yeah, like that's a big deal it. to get he that. He won it by by yeah. killing. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So so I liked so what I cued into when I wrote my fun little you know treatment thing I cued into sort of making uh, Max and his car sort of mythical like sort of stuff of legends and that's why I, I called it you know the 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 story last of the V8s um, but <laughs> I, love I, it. I I know right um, I don't even know where I was going with that but yeah in in yeah that's I don't know. <laughs> oh oh I know what I was gonna say you asked. Um, Okay, so um, I saw all of them growing up, but the only one I saw in the theater was Beyond Thunderdome, and when that came out in the theater, I was, like, already a fan, so, like, my dad, you know, took me to see it. Actually, I think my stepmom took me to see it, and I was very underwhelmed with really? uh, with, with Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, Beyond Thunderdome is most people's least favorite of all the That's the third movies. one, right? The, yes, the uh-huh. one with um, uh, Tina, Tina, Tina Turner. Turner. Well, I want to yeah. see that. <laughs> Yeah, she plays. Uh, she plays Auntie Entity, who runs Barter Auntie Town. Auntie Entity, I love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. I, and you know what? I bet car people go crazy with these movies. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and because Mad Max movies are are just they're known for it, and in like. Until Fury Road, I'd say Road Warrior was probably like the shining example of like the best car action anyone's ever done. Nice. Like even like even like up until 
Fury Road, like Road Warrior was the gold standard that every movie tried to adhere to. I'd say probably before that, it was Bullet with Steve McQueen. Everyone loves that chase scene uh, through uh, San Francisco. But Mad Max just uh, uh, blew it away, Road Warrior especially. But, uh, you know, Mad Max, the first one's got some really cool chase scenes in it too. And it's just, George Miller is just fantastic. And she and, and the stunts are oh unbelievable. My when they got the dirt bikes, like going up and over war mm -hmm. rig i was like i had to tell like out loud to john baby i was like this is dope i love like because mm -hmm. you know how much work that took to get that shot perfect that was choreographed yeah. this is this is it's anything that involves chase scenes car fights you know whatever and and that takes some some work <laughs> a lot of coordination and skill, lots of skill on everybody's part. You know what yeah. I mean? Like every single person. Um, but like story-wise, it's it's so simple. Fury Road is such yes. like a simple story. It's like you point A to point B and then back to point A again. That's all it is. And yet there's so much character there that it's just it's it's awesome. Like the fact that like the fact that the entire movie, Max technically is basically trying to find his voice again, like like because he's become so such an animal that this all like the the entire movie, the reason he doesn't really barely talk and it's kind of gruff is like because he's finding his voice throughout this entire film, like metaphorically speaking, you know. And it's just oh my god, like it's just there's so many layers to it, just so many. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, so okay, you'll know this answer is Tom Hardy's character is he. Mel Gibson, like he's supposed to be the same exact character from all those movies. Yes, okay. yeah. So that's what sort of makes it, like, like you know, like sort of timeless. And I think if done right, it's the James Bond thing. Like you could technically keep making Mad Max movies and just make you know as long as there's a good story to tell, and you could just insert new uh, people. It doesn't have to have connective tissue okay. to it from the other movies, like James Bond essentially. Yeah. And you could just have different people playing them, you know. And it's I always viewed it as like just different people in the wastelands are telling stories about how Max sort of interacted with their lives, type of thing. Yeah, it, I wasn't sure if it was that way or if it's like the Charlie's Angel Bosley. It's like everybody can be a boss like so i didn't know if it was kind of something like that with mad max but okay gotcha so he's essentially the same but let's say he's like the same spirit yeah yes the same yeah good 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 call i like that a lot yeah he just kind of goes with the wind kind of thing maybe hey mm -hmm. what if he doesn't actually exist what if he's just mm -hmm. like because like I, don't, I, mean, I haven't seen the other ones but what if he's like he goes in to inspire these people to you know, to their road to success or whatever it is. And then he goes off into the wind. Like, does he actually exist or is he just like, that's that's exactly Road Warrior. Like that that is exactly Road Warrior. And uh, even with like someone having a narrator talking at the beginning and then talking at the end, basically talking about like they refer like they don't refer to him as Max. They refer or they refer to him as like Max the Road Warrior. Yeah. And he goes back off into the into the sunset. You know what I mean? Back yeah. into the road. It's it's very lyrical, but you know, and poetic. But um, that kind of thing where he he helps these people accomplish this thing. He always like he helps the people out the downtrodden but then he's got no place to be with them once they're on their own basically you know what this also reminds me of is uh book of eli have you seen that one yeah that i mean book of Eli definitely had a, a wasteland <laughs> connective tissue yeah wasteland stuff and connective tissue to to mad max yeah yeah, yeah i actually liked book of eli me too, i yeah. mean i i'm kind of a sucker for wasteland movies yeah, and <laughs> me too. Like the 80s were there was because of Mad Max, there was kind of a glut of um, Wasteland films back in the 80s, mid 80s. There were just a, a ton of them. And it was just it was a whole genre that exploded because of Mad Max. And, you know, most of them were dramatically l less in quality, you know, than Mad Max was. But I definitely, definitely uh, watched a lot of them to, to try to get my <laughs> Mad Max, you know, fix. Basically, I want to know like what the <laughs> Wasteland theory is, because think about it, like if you're if you're in a wasteland you're a human you're walking around you've got a big like gun on your back some water maybe some extra clothes and if you're lucky you got a vehicle otherwise you're walking um but it's like you meet humans and right away it's it's guilty until proven innocent it's like yeah. you just start shooting because you're not sure if they're good or bad or deceitful 
or if they have a strategy to to trick you and it's a trap like that's what makes the wasteland so crazy is that anything goes like you make your own rules in your own clan and your clan can be a clan of two a clan of one or a clan of a hundred it's like it's like so many different tiny worlds with their own rules and you just have to hope that you're going in the right direction and then it's also like but where are you going like we all follow yeah. these wasteland people and it's like where are you guys going they're always going somewhere ho hoping they're going to like this oasis that will cure all or whatever you know yeah and i liked in fury road you know even furiosa had this this weight not the, the like this green you know hope it's all about hope yeah. the the idea that you're going to go back to this place and then you know when she when she gets there and it's not there it's gone it's like oh my god like she's crushed you yeah. know and and that's it and i love like you said the bed you know that turning point scene when they're driving basically on the ocean floor is where yeah. they're driving it that, that because all the world is just uh, dried out essentially and max knows i mean if you know there's nothing that way at least we know that back this way there is something and if we don't make it at least we tried but we know that there's nothing that way you know and i like what he says i i love what he says he's like if you can't fix what's wrong if you know oh shoot i totally <laughs> just botched it uh is is uh something about if you can't fix what's what's you know broken you'll go insane you know and essentially that's you know him telling her that that's her path which you know mad max walked is walking his his i mean there's a reason his name is mad max yeah, he's right mad. his, his yeah. real name his real name is max rockatansky mm -hmm. you learn that in the first movie and you really never hear it ever crazy. again crazy oh that's crazy i like that um but yeah. i want to go back to the bad guys okay absolutely so these bad guys are disgusting like they're just like grimy, like their skin is melting off or they're just, their body is, it's like karma hit them and karma hit them hard. <laughs> like they're old gross men and they have to just, and everybody looks at them, they revere them like gods, especially in Fury yeah. Road. Like the main, the immortal, I keep wanting to say immortal Joe, but it's Immortan Joe. Immortan, Immortan, Immortan Joe, Immortan yeah. Joe. He's just, every time they cut to him, like the director or the DP of that movie, they knew like just him head on with his ugly mask on. And like, even when he's standing up and he's got his like fake plastic uh, six pack armor, see-through armor where you can kind of see his skin melting through and his white hair. Like if you look at him straight on, especially when he's driving, he's freaking terrifying he's just like yeah oh. <laughs> yeah i mean what a what a fantastically designed character yeah. you know like that just that design is outstanding there is no question that he is like the bad guy of the movie yeah. based on how he's dressed but at the same time the cool thing is is that everything he has serves something of a function whether it's you know intimidation whether it's to show his rank whether it's to keep him alive like everything has a function that's on him and you you get the sense that even though he also is quite insane and quite mad yeah. um there was a reason behind everything and you got to figure, I mean, f to, to, to be the guy that kind of controls a bunch of people and especially very tough people, mm -hmm. I think you need to be sort of kind of tough yourself, obviously. Otherwise, the next person's just going to challenge you and then they're going to kill you. Oh, yeah, you, exactly. You know? Especially because he's an old man, too. People underestimate like that, like older people. He's like he's got his clan and he's he's just he's still they they revere him even at the part in the beginning when he finally releases the water and people are like oh thank god da, 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 and they go up to the water these poor people at the bottom of the mountain and they're trying to fill up their bowls and they can hardly fill up their bowls and they're just like trying to either bathe or drink the water and then he just turns it off like he controls them and it's yeah and it's kind of hitler-esque like it's like he convinced them of a re of his ideas so much so that they just like revere him and then now they've revered him from so long they have no other choice but to follow that is the only way they can survive is to follow the mm -hmm. freaking devil yes yes ex yes you're 100 percent 
on all of that. And, you know, like, yeah, and he does it through, like, mental manipulation and, and putting in together these, these like, ideologies that if you die for me, you know, like, you're going to be risen back up and everything. Yeah. Like, it's it's very, I mean, it's sinister, but at the same time, it's 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 genius-level sinister, you know? Like, I mean, he, you, you get the sense that Immortan Joe, like, he, he wasn't just a grunt in the military. Like, he was a kind of a, a strategist, mm-hmm. kind of a smart guy, but probably never a good guy you know and and that's that's kind of comes through but he's he's definitely not stupid no and that's what's kind of and that's honestly the scariest part of him is that he's not a dumb person yeah and he still has his war dogs or whatever you call them, the war guys the what, what did you call them before the guys that are the the, the, war, the war boys, boys. the white guys yeah those are all war boys yeah, yeah. And, and he was like i'll take you with me to valhalla if you you know, sacrifice your life. And they believed him. Also, mm-hmm. what did he spray on their mouth? That's silver stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just spray paint. I mean, not real life, but that that's that. And again, that's just, it's another part of the world building. They don't, they don't give you any explanation no. for it, but you just know, you know that the director knows what it is. You know that all the characters in the movie understand it. And as, as a viewer, you don't need to understand yeah. it because you understand that it's a part of this world. And to be truthful with you, um, the movie for me, uh, like a lot of it opened up story-wise when I watched it with subtitles because mm. I would pick up on little things like, uh, Remember that one guy that gets shot through the neck and you think he's going to die, but he does. And he kind of picks up those two poles and uh, he's on the back of the war rig and he picks up those two poles and jumps down with those explosive poles and blows up that car behind him. And everyone's like yelling, witness me and everything. Uh, That one guy slash, he's such an antagonist. He goes, he yells mediocre more (laughs) soft. And I was like, what is that? And, And like what you don't realize is that. Like, well, what, what the what the subtitles taught me was, A, he was yelling mediocre, you kind of couldn't hear it, and then Morsov was that guy's name, the, the, um. the guy that jumped, right? And I was like, man, like, like you just threw that in there, the fact that to, to give this character more character to show that he's like an antagonist, yeah. he's kind of a, a, a dick, and he's kind of like, and he's yelling, as this guy kills himself and everyone's yelling, witness me and revering him, he's yelling mediocre yeah. because he's being a D-bag. And I'm like... And then, like, other things, like, when um, when they're chasing down Max at the beginning, like, sort of, before they go into the, the storm, yeah. right? Um, Nux is driving, Max is on the front of the car, they're trying to chase down the war rig, and the Slash uh, on the front, he yells, fang it! And I was like, what the heck is he saying? I, I saw the movie so many times, F-A-N-G, fang it. And it's only a reference to Nux's, um, on the clutch, has some fangs on it, right? But, like, why oh. did why did George Miller like write that into the script? It's it, to make it confusing. No, to just add a layer of like world building. Like it's just a perfect example of like you and me as the viewer don't know really what he's referring right. to, but Nux Nux knows what Slash is saying. So it's just it's a like you know what yeah. I mean. It's like yeah. Slash doesn't look to the camera and say and by fang it I mean you know <laughs> yeah. go faster. You know it's like you have to just piece it mm-hmm. together, and that's that's what I loved about Mad Max Fury road all these pieces that that you see the whole and they don't they don't shove it down your throat if you see it great if you don't great but like it doesn't take away from anything but pro tip because i've seen this movie about 50 (laughs) times pro tip watch it once with subtitles just so you can pick up on like what they're saying that's a good tip too because like they're also going into this world just like you're just kind of okay so as a viewer they're kind of making you wing it like okay i guess that's this and you're making all these yeah. assumptions that's kind of how they're living in that world well, well winging it well even even more so like like even more so all the wives names are super weird and i didn't even until like i looked it up on imdb and everything but like the main girl that kind of dies her name is uh the the splendid and the, the pregnant um, girl the pretty pregnant, the, yeah yeah zoe kravitz uh, her name is toast the knowing <laughs> uh the redhead girl his name is capable the the thin blonde one her name is the dag oh. um and oh and the other actually the redhead girl's name is uh cheeto the fragile and then the other girl is named capable yeah. so like like you know, I don't like when he's 
when he's when Morton Joe is yelling at Splendid Angharad, he's like Angharad, and I'm like, what is he even <laughs> saying? Like, I didn't even know, yeah. but that's her name. I'm like, oh my god, like, why did you like, why did you give these characters such crazy names that you would literally need to look up on IMDb? But the great thing is. It just adds to the layer that the world is built on, you know? Yeah. Well, they're not going to be like, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, so, Brittany. So, the weird, so, like, the weird girl, the, the blonde weird one. So, like, her name is, like, the Dag. And it's, like, yeah, it's so the cool dag. that the, yeah, her name's not, like, J- Jenny or something, you know? Jenny. Like, he, he yeah. decided because <laughs> in that world, you wouldn't name somebody Jenny or something. You know, like, you would right, name them either yeah. something crazy. It's just... It all fits. It just all fits. It does. And it's so amazing. And I love every bit of it. Yeah. Did you know that the redheaded, uh, the the bra- the girl with the braids and falls in love with mm. one of the war boys? Nux. Yeah. The one she falls in love with is Nux. That's that's Elvis Presley's, Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, is that? Oh, I know. Ah, you know. Riley, Riley Cano or something It's like funny. That. You you say that. I did not know that. But as you're, as it's coming out of your mouth, I can literally now see Elvis's like sort of face in her. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Maybe more so her mom. Uh, what was her name? That, uh, Lisa Marie. Yeah, Lisa Marie. That's her mom. That's her mom, right? Basically. Yes. Lisa yeah. Marie Presley. She looks, yeah, yeah. Now that you're saying that, she looks very much like Lisa Marie Presley. Right. She's got Elvis's eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. She does. I, um, I knew that I worked on a movie uh, in post. I never got to see her, of course, but on one of her movies. And I saw a lot of her face and she looks exactly like Elvis Presley. It's insane. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, now I totally see it now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, right. So, so I know you love Fur- Furiosa. Did you, did you like the wives? Did you think that they were capable? And what did you think about the older ladies that sort of helped them out at, at the end? I am so glad that we're here because holy moly, the first thing I said to John Babe was, um, that's going to be me as an old lady, <laughs> like still kicking butt and taking names. I ain't sitting and, and making a scarf. I'm, I'm still going to be doing stuff. Um, I'm like, that's, that's going to be me as an old lady. That was so cool. The fact that they had a naked lady be the bait for their lady army, <laughs> like, wow, it was, it was awesome. And it was just like, you and I have talked about it before where there's like when there's it's not that like women are against men. It's not like that. What we're asking for, we're asking for balance. We're asking for a chance. We're asking for you to include us in your war, like whatever you're doing, because that is where the ultimate balance comes from. But like this just goes to show that like women, even though they can kick so much butt, they're still like the nurturers. They're like, we have the earth in our bag here. We have the seeds of the earth. We can make a whole utopia if you just give us some water, give us a moment, give us a place to land that's safe. Like we can bring the world peace again if you just let us like that was really like the string, the heartstring of that little clan that they had. And the fact that they were like. Just those ladies had to be, I mean, granted, they'd been in the sun. So so I have to say that the makeup for them was fantastic. That is when an old lady would look like or just an older woman in general without any sunscreen for probably years. And just like just, you know, just their skin was very wrinkled and worn and dirty. But like, you know, they still they still were fighting, man. They were still sacrificing themselves. They were still putting themselves out there. They knew that they may not get to the Citadel, but they would do everything to make sure that those girls would get there. And that was so beautiful. That was a beautiful part of the story. We we don't hear that much. Like, the older lady warriors. Like, th- what other movie do they have older lady warriors except for Princess Leia and, uh, like, the most recent Star Wars, right? Uh, I I highly suggest people check out Terminator Dark Fate because... Oh, Linda, yes, I want to see that one. Linda yes, Hamilton yes, yes. was absolutely badass in that movie, and that movie is a all-female action film, and just like uh, Fury Road has no, like, romance subplot, like, whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> and that's, that's really cool, yeah. These ladies were 
nothing short of badasses from from their entire time they're on the screen they all freaking die like champs like you know what i mean they stand yeah. their ground they don't like they don't bow down they don't they never scream if anything they they are portrayed more courageous than any of the men in the film even <laughs> yeah. even max himself and that's what's really cool not a single one of them like sheds a tear not a single one of them like like you know screams when they when they you know get when they die or whatever it's just like do they are just badasses and they 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 give as much as they take as far as like damage goes like they take yeah. out a lot of people too which is really really cool they, without them they would have never got back to the citadel yeah. never there's no way like they needed that little army to get back um but you also asked me about the wives and unfortunately like the wives they had to be kind of like I'm trying to choose my words correctly because this was not their fault. They were very, um, like, just very small, kind of scared, but not scared. I don't know how to explain. Very, very fragile. Yeah, fragile. Very fragile. Yeah, fragile is the word. However, I really liked how the comic book backed it up, where they came from and why they were the way they were. They were literally brainwashed as young, beautiful women to believe that the person that was who was their captor was also their savior. You know, he was he was that guy that he's like, I have given you years of education. He actually educated these girls. so They knew stuff. He uh, he's like, I gave you an old lady who who knew the history of the world or the history of, of women, I think he said. And he gave them shelter and water, not like everybody else. And you're sitting here complaining, but but what they have to do with him sexually, him being just this grotesque guy and and like they're trying to like self-abort themselves. They hate this man so much, but he's like, how can you not be grateful for what all of I've given you? You you were princesses compared to everybody else in my kingdom. You know, it's that is the, the epitome of of mental abuse that some women have to endure. And it just like. And then to see them in the movie be so valiant and get redemption um, was was so awesome. It was it, it it spoke volumes. And what did you think of a Morton Joe's death? I love they ripped off his face. <laughs> yeah, I was like yes. <laughs> yeah, get him. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> wild. Yeah, no, they I yeah I I mean that is what just the the epitome of toxic masculinity is, yeah. is thinking that you have the right to control the you know these these females because you've given them what you perceive to be uh something better than other people have you know so right. it's yeah it's i mean jesus christ he's 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 harvey weinstein essentially <laughs> a morton joe you know i mean my god it's it's it couldn't Ew. be more <laughs> yeah i know right exactly it could not be more applicable and his death was great um i loved i mean all the the side characters get their their just yes. rewards i liked uh, the bullet farmer guy when he's like yeah. he gets blinded and then like you don't see what happens and then Max just sort of comes back and he's like covered in blood and they're like oh my god are you okay and then one's like one girl's like I don't think that's his blood and you yeah. and you know that he just killed the crap out of that guy and it's just like oh my god it's it's great they all get their comeuppance and it's it's just fantastic and it's just beautifully mm -hmm. shot and it's just a lot of fun i mean it deals with really deep deep stuff but at the same time it's so much freaking fun to watch it is hey hey we, we can't leave out the fun side character the the blind guitar player oh god yes yeah the flamethrowing <laughs> guitar player guy yeah he was yes. oh my god even um even conan o'brien did a, a spoof of that when uh i think it was the year that that like fury road came out uh conan o'brien always goes down to comic-con and he you know basically shot this video of him going down to comic-con but he was in the the red outfit flamethrower thing on top of a oh. car doing the thing i mean this movie was very much a part of the zeitgeist when it came out um you, you see so you didn't you, you didn't have any interest in seeing it in the theater when it when it came out no because here's the thing I, I mean i'll be honest i am i think it's called agoraphobe like i can't do gory movies i can physically feel when people are being tortured i'm very empathic that way and i feel like i'm gonna gag and i have to go into the other room i actually had to stop this movie halfway 
um, and pick it up again this morning because it kind of grossed me out because of the blood bag part in the very beginning where they hook the guy in the neck. Oh, with the, yeah. Um, so that so people were like, no, it, it, I'm so lucky to be around people who know me. And I'm like, hey, can I watch that movie? Is there animal animal abuse or human abuse, human torture? And if either of those things are the movie, people are like, eh, maybe don't go watch this. Um, but so that was why I didn't see it. But this one, I was like, okay, maybe I can handle it this time. I've got John Babe. He's kind of my, my blinders when it comes to that. He's like, okay, don't look. <laughs> so that is literally the only reason why I didn't see it until today. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's a, <laughs> that's totally a-okay. I am the same way, uh, with ghost movies. I know you that are? I hate, I hate ghost movies. I hate ghosts and, uh, <laughs> Myra loves them and I hate, hate, hate jump scares. And I, I will take, like, I will take like a hereditary psychological terror versus like a jump scare, but, uh, wifey loves her jump scares. So I am sometimes <laughs> subjected to them much to my chagrin. So I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. no i'm so glad that you had this one because this has been on my list and as soon as i saw mad max on your list i was like all right it's time Tess. it's time for you to jump into this world yeah it's it's a it's a good one and yeah for, for me it definitely inhabited a rough part of my life when this uh when this movie came out on blu-ray um okay. <laughs> it was during a time when uh, myra and i weren't together and oh, i was i was spiraling times. into madness when old Corey was living in Culver, Culver City, and uh, <laughs> and so basically, uh, I was you know I've always been self employed when I was in L.A., so I didn't have to like go to a job, which was right. probably bad because getting me out of the house probably would have been a good thing. But needless to say, I watched this movie about fifty times in the span of a few months. Uh, the Wasteland was basically my soul, and uh, my <laughs> beard and my hair basically became as long as Mad Max's was at the beginning of the movie. Oh, as man. I as I basically descended into madness and uh and and i mean i i'm glad it was there for me basically to to keep me going through it but uh i've seen this movie more than i ever would have and uh it (laughs) it essentially kept me alive if if that makes any sense yeah absolutely i have those movies too dude you know what everybody listening has those movies that like have pulled them out of the deepest rut they've ever been in. Anybody that says that movies aren't good for the world is is in it just crazy because we need movies. Movies help us like relate to the human experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, and this is your film. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for better or worse, <laughs> that's uh, that's why I saw <laughs> this movie uh, like fifty times in the span. Because you're like you're like, hey, make sure you watch the movie before. I was like, oh, don't you worry. I literally know this movie. <laughs> by the like the back of my hand you're like no no i got it i can watch the movie in my head right now <laughs> i am literally just like scanning through the film in my head right now <laughs> yeah exactly you know the time codes and everything yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but oh and I've, um, I've even watched uh the black and white version uh they put out like a the blu-ray the black and chrome version what they what they called it but but i think honestly i think the the colors in the film it's it's yeah it's beautiful i they did that with the mist where the where uh, frank darabont the director put out a black and white version of the mist and that's cool that was neat and so like it's kind of like a thing that the directors kind of enjoy doing and george miller you know did it for this and it's cool but honestly i think this movie's gorgeous and i think watching it in black and white does a does a disservice to it because the colors are just amazing well we've come to that part Corey. what is your rating for uh you know what i'm gonna say movie plus comic altogether package yeah yeah because like I don't know how to rate this because if you read this without watching the movie, I think you would gain something from it. Sure. You would enjoy your time. There's some good action in it, especially like with the the Mad Max two parter. There's some fun action there, but like, yeah. why would you read this without seeing the movie? Like, if you were already inclined to read it, I would imagine uh, you would see the movie. So, mm-hmm. like, I would give this as a whole complete set. Um, a five, but like five what? Five what? Corey? Oh, oh, uh, five war boys. How about that? Five Ooh, war okay. boys, uh, all being witnessed. Um, but but like by itself, if you were like, oh, I'm never gonna watch the movie, but should I read these comics? I'd be like a three, maybe. Sure. You know, <laughs> because they and the reason why you're saying that is because if you didn't know if there was a movie, if you didn't know anything about the series, the the movie series, and you just read the comic books, you'd be like, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Why yeah. do these string together? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the art is good in it. The action's fun. Every issue is fun, but there's not like any big story arc happening because the sole purpose of this is to make the, to add to the movie. I will yeah. say this. Um, I did play the Mad Max video game that came out on the- Oh, it's uh, so did John Babe. He said yeah. it was amazing. It, it was absolutely amazing. It's open world. Uh, you can You can basically build your car up and everything. And the car battles are absolutely just so much fun. The game is so good, but the game itself. So here's here's what's weird. Here's what's super super weird. Stop the it. game itself is a prequel to the movie too, but it doesn't cohabitate well with the comics. So they're they're basically their own two separate prequels that okay. converge into the movie, but really themselves don't exist together because that Mad Max storyline with the girl and her daughter. They yeah, do glory. that, and yeah. they the yeah the glory one uh her name's glory or something mm -hmm. um they do that story in the the video game as well so Ooh. here's my understanding the movie took a long time to make right um someone obviously they approached you know warner brothers is distributing the movie so warner brothers says hey let's put out the game too um george do you have stuff to kind of go with it you know like stories to kind of go with it so george probably said okay i got this thing the story about glory yada yada like this little story with max before the movie right, right. and then and then probably you know uh, probably a few like a year later uh, you know, they work out a deal. Uh, well, they don't work out a deal because Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. Uh, Ver this was put out by Vertigo. Vertigo is an imprint of DC. So a hmm. mandate, I, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, but this sure. sounds probably logical. A mandate probably came down from Warner Brothers being like, hey, we also want to have a comic book tie-in as well. So I kind of suspect George just been, was like, okay, here's my ideas for Furioso. Here's my ideas for Morton Joe, sort of where he came from, where Nux came from. And here's the same little story that I gave the video game guys. I'm not quite sure if they're working on it because that movie's in, that the game was in development for like a year or more, you know? So he's like, I don't know what's going on over there, but here, take this. And then yeah. so you kind of get the same story told twice with the, the mom and the daughter, same outcome. They both die because, you know, they, you can't bring it into the movie because they can't, they don't exist in the, the Fury Road movie. So you kind of have to end that story there. So, yeah, so it kind of makes like this weird little thing where you can either re you can either or read the comic book or play the video game as a prequel to the movie, and you'll kind of get the same sort of thing out of it. Although I will say that the video game did not really flesh out a Morton Joe or Furiosa or Nux or anything. It, it only had the Mad Max stuff in it, and that was really it. So gotcha. So so there's still a lot of plot holes they haven't filled in yet. So there's hope. <laughs> yeah. Next uh, storyline here. That they're gonna the, the the next movie they're coming out soon right i i mean i don't think they've shot a single frame of frame? it but okay. they've, they've been talking about it ever since you know that movie came out i mean it made gangbusters money it freaking like who would have thought mad max would be nominated for like nine academy awards and win like what? four it of was them. I oh didn't god know yeah that. oh yeah the fury road was cleaned up at the academy awards that year and i say i say cleaned up for like an action movie you know what i mean sure, like sure <laughs> and that's a lot for an action movie because action movies i mean they started with like die hard for me yeah. for me they, that that is like the epitome of an action movie and like look how far they've evolved like we're in the desert with cars that are built on top of other cars that blow flames and then it's just it's awesome so yes i agree they deserve all those I th yeah, I think so too. I think you should. I definitely think you should check out uh, the other Mad Max movies. They all have something yeah. to add, and they're they're all very interesting. Um, I mean, this one is Fury Road is the most like strong feminine type, you know, because you got to just you know the eighties. You know, it was, it was a different time when the other ones were made and everything. Um, but uh, but like, there's some really cool stuff with with the other movies, especially stunts. Like, if you want to see some in, some insane stunts that were done with no CGI, and that was like Fury Road <sighs> sort of like thing was like, oh, you know, all the stunts were real, but they still used like some like CGI stuff. Road Warrior Man has no CGI; it is all stunts. So when people go flying through the air, you're like, how did that guy not die? <laughs> how did that guy not die? Says everyone who's ever watched a movie pre like 2001 yeah. because they did not have much in the realm of CGI. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I am, I am so thrilled that you enjoyed this. I, I, I think that was, I think yeah. that's awesome. I, I, yeah. I love it. I mean, I got to rate it too, Corey. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. What would you <laughs> give it? 
<laughs> okay, so I am really big on these nouns that we're rating them with. I Okay, so for the entire series, I agree with you. I give it five gallons of high-octane guzzling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but for the comic book itself, for all the plot holes that it does leave out, um, I'd give it a four. Four war rigs. But... That's uh, that's just for the comic book story itself. I agree with you though. Like it's it's you kind of have to watch it as a whole package to understand it all. Which I'm sure Star Wars is kind of like that too, you know. But uh, no, I agree with you. I didn't mean to uh, cut you off on your on your tangent there, but that's uh, that's my score. <laughs> no, I I cut you off on giving your your score. So that's I I love it. And yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's these these are purely made as prequels. So. Yeah, read them. Yeah. Obviously read them, but um if you have no intention of watching the movie, I don't know why you're reading them. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying like watch the movie first and then if you have any questions, watch these four up uh, watch. Yes, you can. Read these four comics cuz they will fill some pre-plot holes for you. And the lovely part which we have not mentioned yet is that it is told by like this old man teacher who's teaching these kids who are on the other side of Fury Road where they are in in the bliss of the citadel where there's more peace. So it's really it's really kind of nice. It's like it's told by an elder who was there during that time. So it's very cool. Except in the very last page, did you pick up on on what was happening in the last page? There the the short little round brother, the the one guy yes, that was the little, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's talking to a, a a woman in white that you can't see her face and he's saying like, "Look, we can't just give all this water to people like like at some point other warlords are going to view us as being weak mm. and we can't just give people what they want at all like we have to start showing our strength and he's basically telling her this he's like you you're the daughter of a morton joe you're smart like him you know what you have to do and she's and she her hand is on those levers and she turns the water off and i think Ooh. that that's implying that the the cycle is basically it just keeps going and and you you got to kind of figure like he's not wrong like the the little guy he's not wrong yeah in there, this there are, world it in this sucks. world yeah. you, it does suck but you have to sort of you have to be cruel and strong unfortunately hopefully she finds a different way from being cruel but you have to be strong and sometimes Sometimes you have to do terrible things to to convey that strength so that you don't get overrun by another warlord. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the right answer is, and I think that's I think that's the cool grayness of it is yeah. that. And yes, we, Morton Joe was was a piece of crap and everything, but <laughs> no. But, he created a society. <laughs> he he did give some people. He gave these people a roof over their heads for better or worse. You know, like he, yeah. he might not have done it in the right way, but he did do something. You know, so and hopefully he, his daughter he, can do something better. Yeah, and he was a protector of his people for the most part. Um, at least the people that he loved the most. So like right. he had some things right, but you're totally right, and that's a whole other conversation. Like, if you're in this world, like. I, like you and I are nice people in real life. Like if we were to be leaders of sorts, we would certainly be nice people then too, it, because we can. But when you're living in this world where it's literally like doggy dog world, you kind of you can't show any weakness because these kinds of desert rats, to say, would take over you. <laughs> they would tear you. They would tear you apart. Yes. Even within yourself, like even within your own community, I guarantee yeah. you there are people waiting to take over. Yeah, yes, they're just waiting. They're plotting to, to assassinate someone, or that's what. That's how you just keep this story going, going, and going because it's such a. It's a psychological movie as well. It's like, what do you do when you're living in a hundred degree weather all the time with no, no, no animals, no plants, no uh, rain, like. You're going to go crazy. And and then you also, on top of that, have to figure out how the heck to freaking survive. But then at that point, it's like, do you want to survive in this world? Like, do you just kill yourself? And I know that's really, really dark, but it's like your mind goes there. You yeah. know? But it's, it's a dark world, this world. But that's what makes it so interesting. And I think that's also why like, I like these like wasteland stories because it's it's such a psychological ride. It's like, how are you going to react? And you can like ask questions 
to 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 problems that are more like you know like like they're not going to happen in the real world but it gives you an idea of how to like sort of like like i don't know strip people down to like their core and, and yeah. kind of see how they would behave in these things and yeah you and i would like i would love to say that you and i would be like oh we'd be nice rulers of the wasteland but the truth of the matter is if that were the case we'd probably be killed yeah you know and and to survive we would probably turn into a morton joe um or just be consumed by the wasteland basically mm-hmm. i i think that like the, the outlier is Mad Max. Like he's the one that can yeah. actually thrive like on his own. But I think everyone else is trying to form communities and, and be that way. He's the lone wolf, you know, and, and he's, he's out there doing his own thing and that's how he lives. But everyone else is trying to just rebuild communities and, and get back together. But it would be interesting to see if in the sequel, you know, and I don't know anything about it and they've never, they haven't released anything. So this is just me speculating. But what if like Furiosa is the villain in the next movie because Ooh. she threw through series of circumstances, you know, like basically had to go down the path of a Morton Joe and she's just the new Morton Joe, you know, Ooh, yeah. because it's the idea that all, you know, um, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's true. It's like maybe Mad Max is actually the, he's surviving the best because, because he, doesn't, he doesn't plant himself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so who knows? Wow. Who, who knows? But I, I hope it's good. Either way, I mean, I'm there opening day, you know, <laughs> like, no matter what, doesn't, doesn't matter. I guess at the end of the day, the only thing I can truly say I'm not sure about, and I hope, I hope that he has his interceptor. That's all. Like, I know it got destroyed in this <laughs> just movie. Just give him his car, okay? He just, he's just has to have his interceptor. That's it. That's that. And, and for the record, uh, Mad Max's interceptor is my favorite movie car of all time. Ah, that's awesome. Every time we say Interceptor, I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's like, nothing can match the Interceptor. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, that was his, yeah. And the, the irony is that anytime anyone says Interceptor out in the world, I think of Mad Max. Immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, it's a cool car. It's a cool vehicle name. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is cool. And it was, um, it's an Australian uh, Ford exclusive coupe uh, thing. So you can't actually get it over here. Uh, unfortunately, so. Uh, and I do have to say, Last of the V8s is a true testament to what it's like to own a VW. Because, <laughs> uh, oh wait, oh no, wait, V8, not VW. Wait, oh, V8 is the... Uh, that's How many the, cylinders? The, the engine, cylinders. Yeah. I was thinking it was a VW, because I just remember being, because I saw a bug in the movie. But um, <laughs> the VW was very hard to find parts, so... Darn, I wish that uh, that joke landed, but it did not. And here we are on the other side and you're still laughing and it's okay. All right. I love it. I love it. Where Tess's on, brain goes, nobody knows. Nobody knows. But uh, on that note, Tess, where can we find you online? You can find me in the cyberspace wasteland on Instagram at Tess Yanos. That's T-E-S-S-L-A-N-O-S. And Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace? I, I like Wasteland so much better because that is so, so true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Corey Nation on Instagram. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, OCD Podcast, as well as on Facebook. Both of them are OCD Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we got those URLs. Yes. But uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us. We're always having fun on Instagram, posting and everything. And uh, nice collection of comics you're building up there, Tess, from your, you. your post last night. I'm, I'm very, it's a very respectable and impressive collection that you've built in, in just a year thank you thank you very much and it, and it is uh with the uh partnership effort of me and john babe here he certainly has helped me in my in my uh quest for a fantastic comic book collection uh but uh we all need our uh, comic book partners and you have one too so that's awesome that's right. That's right. It's great. And I, I, I saw some in there that I'm looking forward to us doing one day. Yes. Uh, Why the Last Man being one of those. Yes. Oh, yes. I absolutely want to do that one. John Babe's can, been poking me for that one. So, yes, we oh, definitely nice. need that one. Very cool. Very cool. So we'll be on the lookout for those and make sure you follow us on Instagram. And then uh, if you guys have, you know, just a couple minutes during this Corona quarantine, if you could drop us a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would love it. It would also, and, and, and you know, uh, it's not just vanity. It goes mm-hmm. towards the algorithm, basically, of people finding us. And it helps basically get new listeners, uh, us in front of new listeners, essentially, yeah. on Apple Podcasts, which is 
Well, I mean, I think Spotify's kind of taken over, but still Apple Podcasts commands a lot of the the market share of oh, yeah. podcasting. You it's know, like so. leaving us a tip. Pretty much, yep, yep. <laughs> a free one, for free for everybody. Yes. So it's, it's the best kind of tip. <laughs> Please, yes. All right, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we'll see you guys next time. Witness me! Witness me! It's Furiosa, not Furiosa. This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.